0: you're listening to borderline idealist join us every sunday for new episodes where we focus on introverts highly sensitive people and mental health log on to borderlineidealist.com for past episodes blog posts and to find ways to support us together we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma
1: hello 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 welcome to borderline idealist okay
2: (laughs) that's her new jingle (laughs) wow (laughs) i wasn't informed about a jingle hi guys
1: hello hello oh welcome to borderline idealist this
2: is all impromptu i had no idea this was gonna happen sorry I don't, um, I don't like to tell you something because you don't like change. <laughs> whatever. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Borderline Idealist. Yes, AJ. And this is Chris. And um, today we decided to make it more of a celebration. Woo <laughs> No, so as some of you may know, the month of June is called uh, Pride Month. And it's uh, about celebrating LGBTQ uh, rights and uh, and people in the community.
1: Yeah, you may have noticed some of your favorite logos, like AT and T, yeah. and <laughs> and some other
2: ones that have just gone rainbow. H and M, yeah, everybody's come through. AT
0: <laughs>
2: So it's popular now. So you know, companies aren't afraid to to show their pride. Yeah, um. I mean, I think that's.
1: That's great. Some people think it's, I guess, pandering to the uh, LGBT community.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, oh yeah, you're just doing it because it's cool. But think about it. Like a couple of years ago, they were not doing anything. It. I think it's good to feel like, you know, you do have pride in who you
2: are, and that you can be happy with
1: what you're doing.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, you know. Corporate pride and all that stuff—it seems like that's a whole conversation to have. Maybe some other time. I'm, I'm just it, saying it I is ju- good. I just think it's good. Yeah, it it is good because it shows where we are as a as a community, as a as a society. Basically, corporations reflect who we are as a society. Yeah. If we want to see uh, certain things, then we have to request it and demand it. You know, that's how it works. So, because the society has demanded that. LGBTQ people be accepted and be part of the mainstream, then that's what's being reflected now. So, yay, um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> some people, you know, are maybe com- maybe just haven't had a chance to actually learn or figure out for themselves what this whole gay pride thing is about. I don't think any of our listeners would be those type of people. <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes
1: we I mean. you see. Gay pride, you see, uh people protesting. Um, well, protesting also, you know, it's always the God hates fags people out there. Yes. Always yes, every <laughs>
2: year. I'm just like, oh my god. I've been to I've been to a couple of pride parades, and every year there's been a few. They they have the numbers have been going down. I would say, um, but you know, they're still there.
1: It it just always seems like it's older people.
2: Yeah. Sometimes, or, sometimes,
1: it, sometimes it feels like they bring the kids into it and the kids really don't know what exactly is going on.
2: Well, I mean, the, religion is indoctrination. So yeah. that's kind of how that works. But... but
1: but also, pride for me, I would see a lot of half naked men, you know, dressed mm-hmm. up kind of provocative. Yeah, and home, women, right? Yeah, yeah and women. I'm sorry, I was just concentrating on the men. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a tee hee hee. But. You know what I mean, like, and there's representation of. Uh, this may not mean anything to anyone who's not. I guess into to gay subculture, but you see like people representations of uh, bears and twinks and uh, what what are some other ones? Uh, uh, Bd um, BDSM, you know, people dressed up yeah, in leather and stuff, yeah. and furries. <laughs> yeah, and furries. Yeah, gay furries, and just. All these subgroups, and so sometimes when people see that in pride, they're like, "Oh my god, all these freaks are out This is so bad! Oh my god!" But I'm just like, well. hide your kids, hide your husbands. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like as long as it's con- you know it's consensual and you're um, and it, you're happy and I I just feel like any any subculture can be accepted as long as it's you know I think legal. <laughs> and and accessible uh, um acceptable, and both parties are mature enough to consent, yeah,
2: yeah, well, before I think I feel like maybe we're jumping right in so- be, let's take a step back and um talk about what is gay pride how wh- how do these parades and all these festivities come about so as it's it's not as some people may think where it's just people wanting to flaunt and you know have a rumbunctious rung- time uh pride parades really started in and they began because of um so the history riots of the, uh, right, right riots <laughs> the history of <laughs> gay pride um, punk rock and no. the pride parade is it a commemorate commom- commemorates. commemorates the stonewall riots so basically in back in 1969 um, there was a gay bar in New York. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> in Greenwich Village. And they got raided. Police came in with brute force, with their baton sticks and stuff, and they raided the place because, of course, they were homophobic. And, but, you know, their excuse was there was a lot of illegal activities going on and, and this and that. And, and I
1: believe that they got raided a lot of times before yes, that also. Yes, so that was not the first and time. It, you know, it's not like a, a coincidence. It's just uh just attacking some a specific group of people
2: yeah because i mean in any bar and stuff like that there's you see drug usage and you see maybe a whole bunch of different stuff you know so it's really it was just targeting the gay people the yeah. gay community there so and this night on june 28th in 1969 the patrons of that place they said no more so right after the riot they took to the streets and then they started amassing, and people just went out there and started chanting. And they had, um, you know, a large group of people that were that were upset and wanted to take a stand, basically, and say, you know, we are human beings; we deserve decency and respect. And so every day, every year since then, there have been these marches throughout the country where people. Um, take a stance against discrimination and violence towards the lesbians, gays, bisexuals, transgendered, and, and you know, queer people in general. And they promote self-affirmation, dignity, equality rights, or equ- yeah, equal rights. Um, and also they, you know, they do it because they wanna increase visibility as a social group. Um, oftentimes it's a way to build a community and celebrate sexual diversity and gender variance so you know and that's why some people and i was one of those people where i was like why do people you know why do these people have to be half naked that's that's why people hate us or you know (laughs) (laughs) and and that's why they have such a negative stereotype of gays because of these guys that are super flamboyant and naked all the time well but the the fact is that you know it what's wrong with being flamboyant or, or being sexual there's nothing inherently wrong about being sexual and so, and that may be why you know the gay the gay community has a synonymous or a very close connotate or relationship with sexuality because that's the key difference about us and us straight people basically is our sexual nature, and so and throughout the history I think gay people have always they they fought hard to not be oppressed and basically made to feel bad about their sexuality how they feel sexually you know so these forward facing these public um affirmations of sexuality it's one way to fight back against that you know in this like we're not we don't live in the puritan era anymore (laughs) there is uh, we have an understanding of what sexuality is and what it does and what it means and there's nothing wrong with people wanting to you know experiment and and try new ways to have a sexual relationship
1: well it's even a little bit about well not a little bit but it is about gender also
2: yeah gender plays a big part because <laughs> and we know that there are no they're not just two genders
1: yeah, I mean, I was. Oh. <laughs>
2: it reminds
1: me. Of, I was watching Fox News the other day, and they're just like, "Did you know that there's sixty three genders now?" <laughs> That's <is> crazy. <laughs> like what? <laughs> but it's not like now. It's just that people are more honest about expressing what they what they feel. You know, for someone to say I'm asexual, mm-hmm. or I'm. Uh, cisgender so many, Or so many, I'm There's so many subcategories trans, yeah. Transgender
2: um, Well, I think uh, that's They
1: all hold, they all, they all mean something to the, yeah. the person And right. how they want to be expressed You know, even if someone says I want to go by the pronouns they, Them, them and they mm-hmm, Non-gender
2: Yeah And the thing is that There was third genders before you know, in in years past, the history shows, especially with Native American communities, there were some people that didn't identify, identify as male or female, and they were assigned a third gender, and it's part of their rich history. And there's been, and they were actually looked as um, with respect and uh, the, like uh, what do you call it? Revered. Revered, yeah. You know, as somebody who was beyond the regular i guess i don't know but like and godlike the, like or something not godlike, but like Dimigar? more spiritual more spiritual <laughs> but in, in in india as well you know mm-hmm. um, they, yeah i've heard about rich history in that of, in india um uh, the non-binary mm-hmm. um so there's there's a big history of of all of these things but it, it's just it hasn't been told you know i never learned about LGBT history while I was growing up. I think that... The contributions. I think that I
1: wasn't really told much about... And I I can't blame my parents, I guess. But about sex other than, you know, this is what you do, you know, to have a kid. Mm -hmm. But I guess I I really didn't understand... Understand yeah. that you know sex can also feel good sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You and know, they kind of leave that part. I was like, it's just to have babies. Right. You're not supposed to feel anything. I'm just right. like, okay, well,
2: <laughs> right. Oh, that's always funny, and but you know, I I wanted to, so I wanted to talk about this um, subject not just because it's relevant right now in this month, but also because of the importance the huge importance it has on people to be honest with themselves and express who they are in an authentic way and live their lives in that way mm-hmm. um in the immense positive uh, effect it has on their on their mental um health really because and i'm sh- I, i'm sure i've mentioned it before in the past I'm, i think right about I'm sorry. I can't remember, <laughs> I can't remember everything. I'm sorry. the the rough the rough time that I had coming out. I had a rougher time than you did coming out. Um,
1: How dare you? <laughs> I had the roughest
2: time. I had a out. rougher time. I said. Well, I said roughest. Okay. So. I mean, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me let me take that back. Everybody has a rough time coming out. I think each individual person. It's. in you know they're in unique circumstances, so it would be, you know, to some people it may be easy to come out because that's all they've been. That's all they've known. You know, they don't... Well,
1: it's one thing for your fam. You know, what if your family accepts you, but then you see that other people don't accept mm-hmm. you? You know, so that can kind of affect your decision. Friends and the community. You know, mm-hmm. and, and for me and you, it's just like, well, I don't think my family's going to accept me, and I don't think other people are going to accept me. Mm-hmm. So well, I, don't think only- I don't think it's... Like, easier
2: for anybody, even if you're... The only reason why I said it was easier for me was because I came out later. And I feel like because you came out sooner, it was maybe easier. I don't know. But that could be a misunderstanding on my part. I I guess. How old were you when you came out? Like, 18,
1: 19. Really? Yeah, I was in my first year of college. Oh, I thought you were younger. Shut up. That was me. I came out at 19. Well, no, I... I came out to my mom when I was in 11th grade, mm. however old I was then. Was that 16, 17, something like yeah, that? 17. Yeah, I came out to my mom in 11th grade, and I, oh. I pulled her aside and I said... I, I told her I was bisexual because I thought, uh, yeah. you know, she could understand that a little bit more than being gay. <laughs> Maybe if I said bisexual, she'd be like, mm, there's still a chance. And then she just kind of looked at me with a stone face and said, no, you're not. No, you're just going through a phase. Everyone goes through this phase. And... <laughs> My sister and I joke about this all the time. And then what did you reply? (laughs) Because I told my sister about this story. We joke about this all the time. And I said, well, Mama, did you go through that phase? And she said, no. Mm -mm, No, I didn't. No. I was was like, (laughs) okay, wait a minute. Everybody goes through this, but you didn't. Wow, aren't you special? (laughs) So, I mean, that was my first time trying to come up, but I, I didn't tell my dad until... Uh, my dad and my mom, you know, like hmm. together until 18 and 19, um, 19 and I said, okay. you know, I'm, I'm gay. Okay. You know, there is no hope for me. Right. And my dad was so sad. He was just like, oh my God, you know what this means? I'm never going to have any grandchildren from you. <laughs> and I was like, but you're going to have cats. I mean, <laughs> <what?"> <laughs> no, I wish I would have said that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to have a host of cats. Like... Yeah.
2: Uh, my mom was that too when and she mentioned that too when I came out to her about having children. And I was like, "Well, why can not I have children? There there are many different ways to have children yeah, nowadays." Yeah. I'm just and, I was like,
1: would you say that to my sister if she decided to adopt somebody just be like, "Oh, it's so sad you can't have your own kids?" <laughs> yeah, well, I mean,
2: yeah. So, it's, uh, it I I didn't know that you had came out around officially came out, I guess. Uh, Around the same age as me. I thought you were always younger, like, in your teens.
1: Wow. Look at us. This is not embarrassing at all, Chris. Learning something new on our (laughs) podcast with other people. You never
2: finish learning or knowing someone. Or, you know, sometimes,
1: sometimes you act like you're listening to somebody's stories. And you're really not. You're I've, not really there with it. I you for, share your coming or, out story, but the other person just Or I forget. I don't know. <laughs> you're like, I'm special. It was rougher
2: for
0: me. No. <laughs>
2: well, because you told me that you've told me in the past how you've always had you've always just sort of been yourself. And and you were, well, I, you got called down for being too swishy and Well,
1: I always I always knew I was gay. I mm-hmm. from from for forever like i've yeah. always knew i was gay but i you know this i i kind of got caught kissing this kid in preschool mm-hmm. and you know that was usually cute for other people but i was kissing a boy in preschool and it was a christian preschool so the teacher called my mom <laughs> and my um uh, my mom came up there and she rushed up there and i don't want to this is not saying anything bad about my mom. You know, you don't know what it's like to be a parent. I don't know what it's like to be a parent. I don't. I just want to say that I don't think any. I used to be mad about about this when I was younger, but now I'm just like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you just do the best you can when you're you a mother, um, or when you're a parent. Um, but yeah, my my mom talked to the teacher and stuff, and I I just remember like them being like they were. So mad at me. The teachers were so mad at me, and I was just like, "I, I, it just didn't make sense to me." Mm-hmm. Um, and on the the drive home, my mom was just like, "Why would you do that to me? Why would you, <laughs> mm-hmm. why, why would you do that to me? Why would you embarrass me like that? What were you trying to do? I don't understand." So and you know, when I grew up, I was just like, you know, I I realized that if I that was a girl, it would have been cute, and they would just be like, well. Ogeny just kissed Daisy today. Oh!
2: <laughs> you know? we to keep an eye on but him. But, yeah, but...
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. They were playing doctor. It was so cute. But, no, because I had... Kiss- and I just remember thinking when I was in the back of my mom's car and I saw her reaction, I thought to myself, okay, this is the way that I am. I know that I'm attracted to guys. I know I'm attracted to guys. But I can never let anybody else know because they they'll get really mad at me mm-hmm. you know like that never stopped me having relationships with other guys and that never stopped me from you know going on dial up on AOL and going to www.get well, uh, never mind. Oh, okay. Uh, but you know, <laughs> I mean, that never stopped me from being, I knew what I was. It was just, I saw my parents' reaction or my mom's reaction. I was just like, I can't, I, I, I don't, I don't want to cause anybody harm or grief, mm-hmm. you know, but I know, I know who I am, yeah. you know? And I think it was different for you because you, it was kind of semi-religious,
2: right? And you well, felt, I had a similar Experience as well where I was caught kissing another boy, when I was around third, uh, second grade I think, second or third grade. God, you're a slut. And (laughs) Chris, how dare you? I got caught and I got a really um, I I don't remember exactly what happened. I don't think I got spanked or anything, but it was a very memorable. Well, like I say, memorable, and I'm like I'm forgetting, but it was it had a very deep impact in me about how it was wrong, and I remember very specifically how it was wrong because that's not what God wants, and um, and then I would go to hell if I did that, and and that's the the biggest thing that I just was impacted on on me that I that was imprinted on me, so I feel like after that I've kind of suppressed it and i mean i wasn't you know i wasn't actively discovering either until probably middle school really when when it kind of hit me that i tend to look at guys more than what i probably the normal person would middle school did you say yeah
1: Wait, in elementary school,
2: you never looked at guys. Not like that. Like I, I do. You remember, never looked
1: at a guy in elementary school and said, "Ooh, he's
2: cute." I, I'm guessing so because I remember my two of my best friends. You're in blocking memories, okay? I'm Maybe guessing,
1: I'm guessing so. I don't know.
2: Well, I think <laughs> you know. I do. I did kind of like felt a little something, but I didn't re- recognize what it was. It was just like my best friends at that time, and in in th- third and fourth and fifth grade no third and fourth grade my best two friends were two two male guys and Luis and alfredo those are the names they sound sound sexy (laughs) (laughs) and they were really cute and now now i wonder like was is it is that why they were it's like the the cuteness effect you know me being attracted towards them and wanting to be their friend that
1: is so weird like i would i would find got I never had a girlfriend in elementary school. I didn't get a girlfriend until like middle school because people started yep. calling me gay then. Yep. And so I was just like, all right, time to get a girlfriend. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> time to date my my girlfriends yeah. basically. be like maybe they'll like me, I don't know. But like in elementary school, I would like look like some people had boyfriends and girlfriends in, yeah. in elementary school. And I I would look at guys. I, I mean, I like, think I was not interested in girls. So I I, I, think wasn't,
2: I think for me also because I was, uh, I moved to the States when I studied third grade in the States. Mm-hmm. So I think also just the whole cultural shock also pushed me back and just like threw me. So I was more concerned about fitting in culturally and just like navigating myself and learning English and doing well in, in school because that was always something that was impressed on me because I had to do good in school. I had to do all all A's, so I think maybe that also played a, a role in how I opened up sexually and explored myself mm-hmm. um, through that that phase of you know growing up. And so, real yeah, really, it wasn't until eighth, at uh, sixth grade, middle school, when I started just r- r- looking at myself differently, I guess, or starting on that journey of discovery of sexuality and so i was a late bloomer <laughs> oh my god i just i mean i knew- i'm trying
1: i'm I, I guess i'm trying to think about myself just ignorant of my my desires i guess mm-hmm. or trying to act like something else and i just never saw I never saw that for myself, except for, like, in middle school when I was, like, dating girls. Mm. But I, I still knew I was gay. Like, I knew that.
2: Well, so the thing is, for me, the... So white... I just, I think that what you went through was rougher, Chris. It was yeah, rougher. So it was, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> no, But I think, I mean, like I said, everybody's different. It goes through life differently. So for me, I had added things, like, you know, cultural yeah. and learning a new language and all that stuff to kind of played a role into how I developed. And I I remember... I was just the middle child that no one cared about. <laughs> but okay, sure, don't talk and, about my
1: life story. And I was the firstborn. <laughs> I looked on for
2: everything. But anyways, so I remember it being... Um, tr- coming out process was really hard on me b- because of a cultural, but also cultural as in having immigrant Mexican parents. And religious because i grew up in the catholic church and um also just the experiences that i've had in the past with my parents reactions and to you know me doing something gay (laughs) um it had a very deep impact on me that pushed me way back into the closet yeah and and i remember before coming out like when i realized that i i didn't I guess, except that I was gay until high school, um, when I was maybe junior or senior year of high school. That's when I kind of accepted me being gay. Even though in middle school was when I found out that I consciously remember being like, okay, I didn't know what gay was, I guess, Mm -hmm. what it all entailed, but I remember knowing that I liked boys at that time. And in high school, finally admitting it, to myself internally, I was like, "Oh shit! This this is not good." <laughs> so, um, I was, I mean, I was depressed for a really long time. You know, looking back on it, now I can identify it as that depressed. Um, and especially in high in college, when right before I came out, the two years, the year, really, it was a full about year and a half before I came out. I went through really really bad part of my life um because I was um so stressed I had so much anxiety for being found out um I was paranoid because uh I I just I felt like somebody was gonna find out and they were gonna tell my parents or especially when I wanted to date um I was like I can't do that because Somebody's gonna see me out on a date with somebody, and they're gonna to run to my parents. What you?
1: What did you think your parents were gonna do?
2: I I didn't know. I mean, I thought. You, I I, I knew. I felt like my parents. It was it was hard because before I came out, uh-huh. and as I was doing my research on what it means to be gay, I read so many stories online about kids being disowned and thrown out of their houses. And. That was, you know, some of the things. Wait, some of were the you warnings. in? Were
1: you in high school at this time or college? No, this
2: was during college, my second year of college. Okay. Early. Okay. What? Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. I was like, okay. I was in so the middle of not college. Gonna, they
1: can't throw you out. Yeah, they could. I mean, wait. Oh, were you, oh you were staying with them?
2: Yes, I was uh, staying. Yeah, I didn't go off to college. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't I'm have like, a yeah, rich daddy <laughs> to to pay. <laughs> no, for I this. mean my.
1: No. I mean, I was still living in a dorm. Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, but you were but, off on your own. I I was I was still a hundred percent. I mean, I relied on my parents for housing, for food, well, for regular expenses. Like I, I
1: came out in. In a um, I tried to come out in eleventh grade to my mom, but in eleventh grade, I came out to everybody else at school, mm-hmm. and everybody knew. And girls were running up to me, and and they were like, "It's not true, is it? What?" And some girls like, I had a crush on you. And I was just like, dang it. Why can't you be a cute guy? And <laughs> just come to me and be like, I always had a crush No guy said that. No guy said that. But th- then girls started feeling free to, like, be my friend. And then wanted to be like, oh, I had a crush on you. Or, you know, oh, my gosh, I really wanted to be your friend. Or, you know, all this mm-hmm. other stuff. I was like, thanks. So oh, popularity. <laughs> but it, um, whatever. Um, but yeah, in 11th and 12th grade, I, uh, in 12th grade, I think I had my first boyfriend. And after, when I went off to college, I decided to tell my parents because I was just like, you know, the people at my church, My I think my sister had told me that the people at my church had started talking mm-hmm. and whispering about my... My sexuality because it's some of their business and they need to talk about it, and so I was just like, "Well, I better tell my parents before anybody else." You know, I feel like it's my responsibility to tell mm-hmm. my parents. And did you
2: have the same anxiety and like that I was describing or like about sense what of depression coming out to your parents in college? No, see, and that's what I meant by
1: that's what I'm saying. Like that's what's so hard because I, like I said, I I always knew about it, and I I think I always knew. Because when I was young, I, I said to myself, "Well, I'm 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 this way, but I just can't tell my parents. Mm-hmm. I can't let the people close to me. Like I came out to my, my siblings in eleventh grade too, mm-hmm. and some of so, them and some of them were just like, do uh, not 'I don't I don't know if I can accept that.' Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, luckily they all came
2: around, but it was just like one of those things. Yeah, maybe it, that's what it was. When you came to your parents, you had already acclimated. You already had time to process every all of those things. And and you you know came out to your your siblings and at school well, with your I mean, friends. I guess, but
1: I guess my dad could have cut me off and yeah. said, "Oh, I'm not gonna give you. Uh, I'm not gonna pay for your college anymore, and I'm yeah. I'm not gonna help you pay for your car." And I'm just, but I guess I just, I, hmm, I guess. Looking back at it now, actually, I I kind of realized that I think. Um, he, he still wanted, you know, the best for me. He, yeah. he didn't want to throw me out. He didn't want to... Because my family and I are very close. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, he told me all this stuff like... Uh, I don't know. He just told me some some negative stuff. And that... He, was, he even told me... Um, he was like, I don't know if I could go to a gay wedding and have to pray about it. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, okay, well, he's never going to come yeah, to my wedding if I get married. Parents
2: can say some... some really hurtful things but
1: he never he never cut me when, off and when coming out. and you know stopped talking to me yeah. or anything we still talked yeah so i think the, the the big thing that got to me is when my dad was just like he told me that i was a black gay male and my life was going to be really hard mm-hmm. i think that just summed it up for me because it was just like oh he's just afraid well did
2: you have <laughs> like did you have a really hard t- like when you came out before you came out in sixth, 11th grade did you feel like you went through some sort of depression or anxiety before you did that? I
1: feel like I was going through some BPD, uh, uh, depression, and, and anxiety. But it was never about my sexuality. Mm-hmm. I always knew what I that was. was. Just yeah, yeah. I always knew what I was. See, Even when people would tease, about, tease me about it in mm-hmm. high school, I was just like, whatever. You See, know? and
2: that's the thing. I would get teased on it, too, because... You know, I was, I've always been, I've never been the masculine type, like, over, you know, hyper-masculine or anything like that. i never displayed those type of act, uh, actions or emotions or things like that. Um, I, but I've always, I haven't also been on the complete polar opposite or super flamboyant. I've sort of been in the middle. Sometimes I'm a little bit more flamboyant, especially with my hand gestures when I talk. Um, but, yeah, I would get picked on or That's get... That's flamboyant? What? With hand gestures? No, I'd say sometimes I can
1: get. I was like Donald Trump does that all the time. No, sometimes <laughs> I can get. Sometimes. But flamboyant. Um, <laughs> no, sometimes
2: you know I would get a, like a limp wrist or something, and my mom, would oh, yeah, you know, say something about it. But, um, yeah, so I would get picked on. But I remember specifically, just uh, the anxiety and the depression, and it was, it was like crippling, because I. It took so much mental, so much of a mental capacity to get through those months. um, Because I could only concentrate, the only thing I can concentrate is was keeping it hidden and keeping it inside. It's like, I had to, I felt like I, at that time before I came out, I felt like I had to hold it in and do everything in my power to not, let it seep out so that anybody could identify it and and that's why um i think I've, i may have mentioned in the past uh, all of my grades just tanked i lost this the hope scholarship that i had especially the the second being towards the end of my last year my second year in college i got all f's and d's i think uh in my classes that's
1: so unlike you and
2: (laughs) um and actually my teacher because i was taking graphic design class during that time and i just couldn't do any work uh in any of my classes and my teacher hated me my graphic design teacher she absolutely hated me because i you know i wasn't doing any work i was to her i was just some i guess bum kid who was just not really wanting to be there i really did i just couldn't concentrate uh, on anything and and then when i came back to school uh, i took some time off after i came out to i guess um accept myself and work through all the all the emotions and everything that i needed to work through when i came back in school and I took her class and she just fell in love with me she's like yeah you're you know your work is so amazing you do you're such a great student blah 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 and then i actually talked to her I was like, you know, I'm really sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really sorry for. I'm sorry for being depressed. No, I, I apologized for not doing my work in her class. I was like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm like, you know, I took your class uh, two years ago, and I I, went, I just felt like I needed to apologize because I didn't do any of the work, and I, you know, I was it wasn't because I didn't like your class or anything. I just I was going through this, and I explained to her everything. She's like, oh, she's like, yeah, I was wondering what was going on because I mean, when you did do your work you were really great at it and so i just couldn't understand why you weren't doing your work and why you weren't why you were missing class and why you were this and that i was like yeah i was trying to come out (laughs) um so i just it's it was such a huge it took such a huge emotional toll and that's really why i came out because i just couldn't do it anymore i i was so paranoid and i was so anxious all the time like i remember and i've during this sort of informed my thesis for my senior exhibit i remember like half of my mental capacities i felt like were going towards making myself look talk and feel normal quote-unquote normal Mm -hmm. um i was always conscious about how i sat down how i got up from a seat how i walked how i talked my mannerisms, my hand gestures, how I stood whenever I was standing still, how I crossed my arms or my, all those little details, that's half of my brain was like wrapped around them. It's trying to be like, oh, you can't, don't put your hand on your hip. Don't, don't, um, you know, stand with your hip popping out or something like that. When you walk, make sure you walk straight and put your arch, your, put your back, your shoulders back and widen your shoulders so you can appear more, you know, masculine. Wow, do you need to balance a book on your head? (laughs) You can walk straight. I mean, that's, that's just crazy when I look back when I think back on all those things. Like, and then when, when I danced, I had to make sure that I was, because I was, um, I think, yeah, during this time, I was also uh, part of the Latin Cultural Club on on campus. And, uh, I was one of the founding members. (laughs) But, Congratulations. Um, I remember even then, you know, uh, when I was dancing, I was like, okay, you, you can't be too flamboyant with your dancing. You have to do, there's a certain way for males to dance, certain things. And I was always so conscious about every little detail of my life um, and so scared that somebody was going to identify me as gay. I used to think about that when I was younger.
1: You know, at dances and stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, I don't know. I
2: don't I don't think so. I don't know. Did you go to like middle school dances? Middle school dance, I don't recall. I feel like all the kids danced. Elementary, the same. yes. I did go to elementary dance.
1: I've like in in certain times in my life I would try to change certain things. I was doing um like my grandma um when I was like walking, she was like, "Oh, you swish when you walk. Stop swishing." <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> so I, I don't I care. Used, swish, I used to, swish, swish. I used to just try to like concentrate on my steps, <clears throat> and it got to a point where I was walking, but I wasn't like swinging my arms. Mm-hmm. And I just lost that, mm-hmm. and <laughs> my sister was always like, "Why do you walk like that?" And just yeah, like, oh, like, well, well, I to, well, like. You know, but you know, we watch somebody walking; yeah. they swing their arms, mm-hmm. but I would just like hold them to my side because I was just so afraid that was causing i guess people to feel uncomfortable or yeah. calling attention to me, a negative attention to me and that's not what i wanted. I think yeah. just like everyone else, i just wanted to be happy with how yeah. i how i felt. Be yourself. Do and
2: you, that's that's do, what most people, i mean, do oh. you remember going to your first pride? Yes. So my first pride was when i came out to my parents that same weekend <laughs> because my, my best friend at the time, Leslie, was a lesbian, and she'd never been either. And she had been out since she was in middle school as well, I think. So she was more comfortable. And she helped me a lot get through this process. So she's like, let's go to the prize I was like, okay. So we went to the festival on Saturday, which is mostly just a festival with, you know, things. And it was such a surreal experience just seeing all those people being about in public, holding hands... Kissing, um, you know, expressing themselves in various ways, and just being all all of that in public. How I was old like, were you when? I was nineteen. The oh, nineteen. Yeah. Okay. And then she was like, "Let's go tomorrow because tomorrow there's going to be the actual parade on Sunday." I was like, "Oh, I can't." I'm like, I already told my mom that I was going to the park today. So I can't say I'm going to go back to the park the next day. She's going to think something's wrong. Something's up. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I just couldn't... I couldn't think of another thing to tell my mom of why I'm going out with my friend. <laughs> the next day. I was just so fixating on that. And so I was like, I'm going to have to tell my mom. Because I don't want to lie to her. And, and I already felt... I've, I had already came out to, you know, her and one other person at school mm-hmm. i was like i've already feel like i've been living a lie i don't want to i don't want to feel that either you know i don't want to feel like i'm lying to my parents and my family so and that's when i the next day on sunday morning i came out to my mom while i was doing her your her, her toenails and um her her fingernails i was painting them and then i was um you know doing a pedicure on her as well Mm. so that's that's how i came out to my mom and we sat out there in the porch for like maybe two hours and then i was like okay well remember yesterday i told you i was going to the park and she's like yeah i i did go to the park but it's because it's a a gay festival gay pride festival where people who are gay want to go out and and be themselves and celebrate uh, who they are and today i'm going to go back out there with Kim. (laughs) I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like, and it'll give you some time to, for yourself, to think about it, and you know, and then I'll come back later tonight. <laughs> and so I just told her and left. <laughs> oh my god! I just, I'm just uh, imagining her face. Her eyes are probably like really big, like. Uh. Uh, I mean, we had already, we had already cried and you know talked. For, I mean, we talked for like two hours. We we cried and talked and everything, and but she still needed time to process everything. I'm sure. Um but and it was just such i felt like i was floating on air after i came out to her like i was a little bit i mean i was still a little bit scared because her reaction was like you know it was good comparing it to any other reactions that i've seen online up to that point but there were still some things where she was like you know i don't know if I can do this or that and so it was a little scary but I just I felt like I was walking on cloud nine because I was finally being myself Mm -hmm. like this is who I am and I love myself and I feel no shame about being me and, and and everything that it entails and that was just so exhilarating and just such a joyous joyous and happy feeling that I felt in a really, really, really long mm-hmm. time. And, you know, the, just the, being able to do that was such a relief on my mental health. That's why I've always sort of since then been so grateful for these Pride Festivals. Because that's really what they enable people to do. I mean, you know, some people get too fixating on, on some of these sub subcultural things or these any particular um area about you know sexuality or people being naked or this or that and i mean if there was uh, just hear me out i
1: guess okay if there was a straight pride press vessel mm-hmm. <laughs> they would probably be the same thing yes okay have naked men if have was, naked women alcohol everywhere furries <laughs> like like you know, but it's just because they're gay people expressing their sexuality, their gender, their their pride mm-hmm. and who they but are it, and, and
2: it's not and it's not because they wanna flaunt it, as some people may think. It's because because LGBTQ people have LGBTQ people have been such a marginalized group. We've been told that, you know, they they have everybody has AIDS and they're out to give you those AIDS. And th- all these negative... Well, they've also been told to not tell anybody. Yeah. To just meet up with
1: people in the dark, but get just, married. You can
2: be a gay, okay, just... don't, yeah, don't... Don't, just, yeah, don't bring don't tell it tell anybody, up, you know? Yeah. So it's... It, so the, it's like, here it is, pr- in front of your
1: face, we exist. There are other people like us, and we're going to... We're gay, we're proud, gay <laughs> used to it. Or whatever that was.
2: We're gay, we're, we're we queer, we're here. here.
1: And it helps other... People find. I feel like it helps other. Other people find their their place within yeah. the gay community. It, it definitely like,
2: helped me. Mm-hmm. I think, I'm not sure I would have been able to come out to my parents that weekend if I had not been to Pride, because seeing all those people out in public, and seeing them happy, seeing them the, being themselves without a care in the world, I'm like, I want that. You know, I don't want to walk through life hiding who i am feeling like i'm lying to everybody around me so i really i feel like if it wasn't for the pride festival that i went to and attended you know i don't think i would have came out as early as i did Do
1: do you know how old i was when i went to my first pride
2: no you were younger than me right
1: i was 18 i went with my uh, my boyfriend that I only talked on the phone with for I think like half a year, and it was my first time meeting him. And my sister drove me to. <laughs> oh yeah. I my sister drove me to the <laughs> the mall to meet him. Yeah. And then um, we left and we went to uh we stayed in a hotel because we were going to go to um pride for two days.
2: Did you come here and, to the Atlanta Pride? Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Um. And so we went out there uh, the first day, and then it was it was very surreal because growing up in you know a small Georgia town, there was like nothing like this. You know, yeah. just to see guys like holding yeah, hands and exactly. stuff. That's what and I mean. and kissing in public, and then they have like I mean, and the that's, women holding hands also. That's how I would expect.
2: Uh, drag queens like that was like that was Mm -hmm. something to experience too yeah um and that's sort of how i explained to some some of my straight friends about the the significance of gay pride it's like imagining just put yourself in this setting where you have a feeling inside that you've never seen it reflected out in public in movies in music in any part of the cultural life that you have You've never seen it expressed like that. In a and positive you go to this, way
1: or, or just as like a stereotype
2: like the gay best
1: friend, you know?
2: Well, I mean, I mean, I guess both. I, mean, I mean, Or the very flamboyant, like they're... Right, but even those caricatures, mm-hmm. it's just a one, a flat character, you know? It's uh-huh. just a one-dimensional character. So there's nothing to them except for, you know, they're super flamboyant and they, they swish or they limp-rest or whatever, you know? So imagine, you know, living in a world where you're the your idea of, ex, of expressing yourself is not reflected and then you go to this one event where it's out in the open and everybody around there is cool with it and doing similar expressing themselves similarly mm-hmm. for you to be able to find that place that environment it's just so i don't know and it's then shocking, I guess.
1: <laughs> and then there are haters out there with <laughs> with signs and they're but, but they're behind a line, right? Mm-hmm. Like their just can be behind a line, but there's so much love and acceptance there that you can't help but just laugh at these people. Yeah. Like you you just don't need yeah, to, that's you just true. don't take it seriously. Yeah. You really don't you're just like, Oh my gosh, they're the crazy people. Yeah. And you know, they, they try to you know? Could you imagine somebody doing that at like a, um, a Black History Parade or something? What mm-hmm. um, what's it called the Million Man March? Juneteenth. <laughs> yeah, like something like that, like <laughs> a Juneteenth protesting celebration. You know, <laughs> like how dare you? My ancestors own so, like, you. Go back to work. <laughs> oh my <okay>. god! <laughs> wow. Excuse me. <laughs> oh gosh. But, but yeah, I mean that that would just be be crazy anyway, but yeah. it's just, there's, I just always feel like there's so much love and so I don't feel like yeah. I'm being intimidated and I just, you really just, whatever, there's so much music mm-hmm. and uh there also, there's a lot of police. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of security and police and you notice that when people walk by they thank the police people yeah. and I feel like I need to thank them too because they're, they're keeping it safe from, you know, people that may
2: want to just yeah. shut you down and shut you up. And, Especially in today's world where yeah. there's so many vulnerabilities in big festivals like that but um yeah i mean i i feel we need to cut this um this topic short um we're gonna go have breakfast with my parents so um who we you and i at golden corral You don't need to tell people where we're going. No, I'm just saying... We don't want them following us. That's not breakfast. Paparazzi's can be very crazy Isn't Golden Crow like dinner? (laughs) No, it's breakfast. They have breakfast too. Really? Yeah, they have a breakfast buffet. Wow, I never knew. And they have like an omelet station. Oh, so good. Anyways. um, Happy Pride. Happy Pride, everyone. I just... I feel like this is such... it's such It's such an important topic. Not just because, you know... for the people to be themselves but i mean just everything else that it entails the mental toll that it takes on people who are trying to hide who they are and uh, and how it affects their happiness and their standard of living like their um yeah their standard of living it it can it can really wear people down trying to hide who they are and you know, I hope that if any, any young kid out there who's listening, who finds us, and they still haven't found their, their truth, I hope they are encouraged in knowing that as, you know, the Trevor Project has bared out, um, it gets better. And uh, you're, you know, you're not alone. And what you're feeling is totally normal and, and acceptable and valid. And you know that that you're you're beautiful in your own way, and there's nothing wrong with you, and there's nothing that you need to change about yourself.
1: Well, Chris, as a young kid, I would like to say thank you for that message, <laughs> and I'd like to tell my peers that you know just stay strong, and you know love is out there,
2: <laughs> Shut and go up. to Pride one day. I, I you know just sometimes I think about. Just 10 years ago we weren't able to get married, you know. Yeah. And it's it's such an amazing feeling to look back and see But it can always be taken away. Oh yeah. Of course. It can always be taken away. Just like, you know, abortion. Abortion rights, yeah. yeah. And I mean and that's why I feel like it's important to continue those, you know, the some people have some people have talked about do we still need Pride Fest Pride events? You know, like yes, because it's still not um, there are still people out there that want to oppress LGBTQ people, especially with trans rights right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that people, they, they are still need this visual reminder to the greater um, community, to the, to the greater society. The, there still needs to be a reminder that people are still being discriminated against. Yeah, I mean, there are... LGBTQ people, LGBT people are not protected by federal law. By, uh, against discrimination. And so it's a state by state basis. So in Georgia, we can get fired for being gay. It may not, you know, luckily uh, organizations and companies have come along further than where they were. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you work for a smaller company or a conservative company, you could get fired. Um, I mean, and so there's a lot of things, there's a lot of work that needs could to be you done. you imagine? In the in the hotel industry, if they fire people who are gay, oh my god! That's where they like so many people. That's like why they can have a never ask, find jobs. That's where they have a don't ask, don't tell policy. Oh please!
1: I talk about my husband every day. Uh, no, but uh, you know,
2: there's still a lot of work to be done to ensure that w- that we have the same equal rights and protections. But you know, it's it gets better every year every year every year we win over new supporters <laughs> and that's the only way to get you know for things to improve is um, to keep to, talking about to it to keep talking about it to you know be out and open and, and be visible and be visible yeah
1: yep. so get happy if you know, a company you love, or you see a um a pride flag on on something. You know, because I I would kind of think you know, oh, this is commercialism. Like they yeah. just want they just want something. And I but mean, part of it is yeah, part of it is. <laughs> they But know. but be happy that it's a time in an age where that is acceptable. You know, mm-hmm. a- acceptable to 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 people, and people are actually making a stand and saying, you know, this is what we support. Yeah. You know. So not, not everybody who buys stuff from that company. Like I saw like Kroger had a, um, a commercial about a unicorn ice cream and they mm. said, make a pride milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the, I try not to read the comments too much, yeah. but sometimes in the comments people are like, this is just, I'll never go to Kroger again. Yeah. So think about what a stand that is. Like they're, they're still taking a risk, but they're still saying, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this is the right thing to do so yeah i'm glad that there's some visibility i you know and and straight people are welcome at pride also
2: i think it's a great time for people just yeah to... i recommend uh, any all straight people to go to yeah. a pride festival at least once it's fun get to know your gay neighbors uh, well <laughs> <laughs> it can be a little bit more difficult if you have a social anxiety <laughs> and, and you know we've we've experienced that and maybe we'll talk about it uh, next time about maybe how to for pride festival you've had solution anxiety I don't know because <laughs> um, we've had some experiences in the past but um, yeah the, you know just be true to yourself and be honest with yourself and uh, love and accept yourself um, and I think that will be the first step into a better emotion. Um, tomorrow tomorrow better for tomorrow yourself. Well, okay. I mean, but mentally, for yourself. Because before you come out, I, I think it's where you are at the highest stress levels. Chris. Yes.
1: I want to see this Good and Corral breakfast. <laughs> Shut up. I've only seen their dinner. I've okay. never seen breakfast.
2: Well, thank you guys so much for listening to us. Another day, another ramble.
1: We will see you next Sunday and bring you more... Man, I can't remember how the the jingle went at the beginning. Of oh, the, God. J- just listen to the jingle at the beginning of the episode and that can kind of be the ending. <laughs> what it go like, Chris? I
2: don't know. Border Bye, line guys. Borderline
1: ID ideas. No. Borderline ID list. Borderline. Okay. <laughs> Bye. See you Love yourself.
0: Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you like the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast? Together, we can defeat mental health stigma. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you like the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast. Together, we can defeat mental health stigma. You are listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to borderlineidealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma.